Okay, uh, today's daf is Chet. We pick up at the very bottom of Zion Macbet. We're going through a list of statements about about um, how powerful the day, a day of a rain is. Gadol Yom HaGeshamim with related digressions. Um, and then we pick up with, um, uh, where are we? Tana Debe Rebbe Ishmael. It is the twelve lines from the bottom line starts with the word mitzvah the Torah or um, in the middle of that line. Um, so Tanah Beit Rabbi Shmuel, we talk about Rabbi Shmuel. Afilu b'shash sharkiyah nasev behorin behorin lahorin tal matar. So this is based on the pasuk we quoted yesterday, which was uh, which was v'talo ra'u or bahir who b'shachakim v'roch avrava avrava so even at a time when the, cl- the heavens appear to be like splotches, meaning like there's dark clouds, um, so, and it looks like it's ready to come to rain, uh, to, you know, to pour down rain, nevertheless, Ruach Avrava Tetaharein. So this is, if uh, a, a wind will pass and will cleanse it away, and this is going back on the statement that we read yesterday, which is, um, I'm sorry, I probably should have started a little bit earlier, where, but anyway, the Gemara says, where the Gemara says, let's, you know, let's start from that passage, I apologize. Let's go to so two lines above the line where the Hagosa Bach, the circle at the, at the end, where it says like this. Um, one minute. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to reorient myself here. Um, well, anyway, so, okay, no, you know, we'll continue. I'm sorry, we'll continue. So anyway, so the point is, is that, that even, that this is saying that the rain is withheld because of the problem of Bitul Torah, and based on this pasuk of Ruach Avravet Tarain, that a wind will come and blow away the clouds, even if it was ready to rain, because of the sin of Bitul Torah. I'm Rebbe Ami. That's probably where we should have started. So the line starts with the word Rebbe Ami, about, about ten lines from the bottom. I'm Rebbe Ami. So that was based on an interpretation of an earlier verse in saying that rain is withheld because of Bitul Torah. Now we are saying, and again, interesting to, like, it's really a catalog. Uh, what we have on the one end is like a catalog of ways in which a day of rain is praised and things that it's similar to. And we also have a catalog of sins and reasons why it won't rain. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting to explore whether these are just attempts to try to explain, you know, why it's not raining. So you look for some type of a causal explanation, even within, the, within a context of, you know, sin and punishment, or if there's other, some type of a, you know, logical, uh, uh, religious, symbolic correspondence. So the idea of Bitul Torah, I think I mentioned at the end of yesterday, you know, the degree that rain is not just the issue of providing uh, sustenance, but that rain is sort of seen as a manifestation of God's closeness to the people, connection to the people, and so on. So Torah is seen as like the parallel, the way the people, Torah and Tfilah, and we'll obviously get to Tfilah again, and we've seen it before, is the way in which the people express their relationship to God. So that sort of correspondence, Bitul Torah and no rain, you know, makes a lot of sense. Here the Gemara now introducing another idea. So because on the palms, the or the, the light is hidden, because of the sin of the hand, stealing something, taking something that isn't yours, 
The ain't kapayim ela chamas. Chamas kapayim means like a theft, a coveting. Shene emar umina chamas asher bechapehem. The ain't or and light ela matar's rain, which is interesting. Shene emar yafitz anan oro. The cloud will, you know, will will uh, shine forth its light. So here it's as a result of gezel. My takante. What is the way to fix it? Your bebet fila. And command on him with mafgia. So ain't pgia encountering is ela tefila prayer. Shenemar v'ata alti pale abad amazeh v'alti you know v'alti sabadamina v'tefila v'alti ebi and do not encounter me. So again, the idea that it's connected to geza makes a certain amount of sense. We mentioned yesterday the idea that it was connected to not giving up trumotim ma'asrot, which is you know the rain provides for the crops. And then your acknowledgement of God, what God has helped in terms of the crops is your giving of the Trumot throat. So if you withhold that, God's going to withhold the rain. So that made sense. Gezel in another way as well, I think, is in a, I would like to interpret it similarly, you know, that the idea is that God provides if you're not, and if you take something from somebody else, you're sort of not acknowledging sort of the idea of God giving you and God giving others and God is providing and it's all about you taking and taking the things that don't belong to you, then God will withhold the rain, which is, you know, which is uh, what God is giving to you. That gets withheld. Um, yes? The first mention was Torah, then and he has to feel just a border, and I'll listen to you with the Hasidic, which you're uprooting. Maybe, maybe. I, would, I don't know if I would call Gezel, maybe, maybe. Um, but in the interesting issue, though, I would also say, though, is that the response is to Filah. Right? You could have said, what's the response to Gezel should be returning the money, the response to Gezel should be to Shuvah. Now, of course, to some degree, they're interpreting the verse here. But again, I think that the idea, the major theme of this Masechet is that Rain is God's, you know, favor, God's presence, whatever, and the absence of rain is responded, the response is fast, yes, but in addition to fast, prayer. And in a way, fast and prayer more than teshuvah is the emphasis of this Masechet. And these are, we'll get to fast when we get to it, but prayer certainly is our reaching out to reestablish that connection, and, uh, you know, and so it's all about that relationship. So it is interesting that even though the sin is a sin of theft, and there's a lot of ways in which you correct Gezel, the response to the holding back of the rain directly is the issue of Tishilah. Yes? Oh, also, I mean, right, with the difference elsewhere, right, that between Gzela and, and uh, Gneva, yeah. Gzela, you don't fear either people or God. People or God. Right. So here you're reestablishing. That's that. a nice point. Yeah. Okay, so now the Gmar says like this. Um, uh, okay. What's meant by the verse? In panim kilkel. So if the if the iron has been dulled and it not the faith has uh, corrupted whatever that means. So let's see what the Gemara does with this. If you see the the heavens are like as dulled as iron and it's not going to rain, probably also relating to the verse right that says when in the Kuala that I will make your I will make the skies like iron. And they, that, that rain is not going to be coming from them. They're as hard as iron. Why is that? It's because of the sin of the nation which is corrupt. So it's not exactly clear I read this verse. I want to say that it's interpreting the low Lamed Aleph for the low Lamed Vav. You know, they, the face of them or their, the way they present themselves, they have corrupted, the whole nation has, has sinned. So here actually is a statement not connected to any particular sin, but that the absence of rain, you know, it's sort of like the Pesukim we say in the Shema. You know, if you do the mitzvahs, you get the rain. If you don't do the mitzvahs, you don't get the rain. So the absence of rain means that the whole generation is sinning. 
Matakanatam. And now again, interestingly, what is the way you fix this? Yitkavru berachamim. So with compassion, with mean prayer. Which, so again, it's not about that the response is chishuva. The response is prayer. Shenemar v'chayalim yigaver. Yigaver. I didn't check the digdok. Anyway, yigvar. I think. V'yitron hachsher chachma. So what does that mean? Chayalim is like the strength, power, what? Yigaber, okay, I was right the first time. So, the, 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 you know, the, the power that they should strengthen, you know, their sort of, uh, you know, the, 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 their, uh, the, their outcry. And, and what does it mean, the end of it? Yitron, it would have been better. They would have been smart at the beginning, and they would have corrected their deeds, and they wouldn't have sinned to begin with. But now that they did sin, and they're not getting the rain, they should call out to God. Again, interesting. Nasutuva, call out to God. Okay, so um, let's take a look. Um, uh, now we're going to shift the discussion as we did a little bit before, moving sometimes between discussions of rain to uh, Talmud Torah. Um, okay, if you have to see a student that his, uh, you know, his, his learning, he's like, his, like we say, hitting his head against the wall. It's like as hard as iron. He's not getting anywhere with his learning. Why is that? It's Bishvio Mishnato Shaina because he does not have his information well organized. Right? Because, you know, obviously in an oral culture anyway, you had to first memorize all the information, have it all in your head, and then you could analyze it. So if a person is having a hard time sort of thinking through issues, doesn't have a clarity of thought, isn't analyzing well, it's because he doesn't have the information well organized in his head. So, Shinan Mars, the Pasuk says, Vahu Lopanim Kilkel. So the way Rashi reads it, who low? If he doesn't have, if he's not succeeding, it's because Panim Kilkel. He's like, uh, you know, he's corrupted or he's messed up the uh, the face of things. The basic organization, his basic information, is a mess. So my um, Takante, how do you fix this? Yishiva, spend time. Um, Rashi says this doesn't just mean sitting; it means literally in a yeshiva. Spend time sitting with other people and help their, and help work with them, and they'll work with you so that you can get your information down properly. And amongst like the power, you know, with uh, great power or uh, uh, fortitude, he will increase. So it means uh, so Rashi says that that means that uh, that the, uh, the the students are like troops, are like chayalim, and amongst you know your interaction with the other yeshiva students, you will uh, you will strengthen your knowledge. These what? Chayalot, chayalot, right? Chayalim, what? The female students are the chayalot, right? Rashi says chayalot, chayalot. Okay, the Yisroel hichshir chachma. Yitron, it would have been better. His wisdom would have been organized from the outset. It fits better with the word Chachma here, the emphasis on Torah study, as opposed to before, the emphasis on rain. Okay. Like Reish Rakesh, now that we're talking about this, let's talk about the importance of, you know, of, uh, of doing Chazara and getting all of your information down before you start thinking it through. Reish Rakesh would organize his material, not only necessarily do Chazara, but like, you know, uh, organize it in his head 40 times. Um, opposite the 40 days the Torah is given, so, you know, you have to own the Torah that you receive. There's an idea here, again, there's two stages, right? There's the receiving of the Mesorah, the receiving of what's being passed down, the oral tradition, which is like also the facts. Again, in an oral culture, you don't have books. So all the 
previous teachings and Mishnayot. So there's this process of receiving the Torah. And so you would spend 40 days in terms of owning that material and really having it well, under, well organized. So And then he would apply his own intellect and analysis and go in front of Rabbi Yochanan to learn and to, and, to, and to think about it. So first own the material before you start analyzing it. In a way, this evokes other discussions in the Gemara, like about Sinai and Oker Harim. Is it more important, you know, to have, to, 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 to just like be, be like a, uh, you know, like a library, have a lot of erudition, know all the facts, or is it important to have power of analysis? And the Gemara there said, you know, you can't do the analysis before you have the facts. And here, too, it's a similar idea, except it's not a question necessarily just about, like, the importance of knowing the fact, you know, like, learning it first, but also of really making sure it is well organized and understood and clear, and then to apply the analysis. Exactly. So, how much time you spend in the rest of the day doing Chazara, that is your responsibility. So, Times, Tanakh, there's 24 books of Tanakh. The Ayolakami de Rav, and then went in front of Rav. And again, the correspondence here in both of these places about the Torah that you get from God, whether it's the 40 days of Mount Torah, the 24 books of Tanakh, and then your own sort of thinking and analyzing, you know, almost the Torah Shabbat, Torah Shabbat relationship, although here it applies to Torah Shabbat as well, but the Torah Shabbat that is received. You know, the facts and the information that is received, like the 40 days of Torah, the 24 books of Tanakh, and then your an- analysis and your input. But you have to give the first part enough time. We're all eager to make our chidushim, but first you have to know the facts. Um, oh, yes. Time. Right. Once you're talking about a written Torah, so you get it into the state that it's as if it's written. Right. That's a good point too. You have you own it so that it's it's written as if it's written in front of you, and then once you get down like that, then you can start thinking and analyzing it. Okay. Going back to this passage again about the iron. If you see a student that's having a hard time with his with his studies, it's as hard as iron for him. He can't get into it. He can't grab it. So Bishvil Rabo. It is not his problem. He didn't do enough chazara. It's his master's problem. Sheino masfir lopanim that he's not showing a face, you know, like a, a, a friendly face. Now you might think the word masfir means like he's not explaining it to him, but it's like sever panim yafot, right? That could be. Yeah, that could be. You know, so he's not explaining it well, and he's not a uh, he's not a he's not a welcoming presence. It could be. You're right. So lahasbir lo, he's not explaining to him this right. That's a nice point. Maybe it is both. Shenemar. And again, here maybe the low is written with is understood as like a vav. He is showing him like a unfavorable face, or, or <laughs> that's interesting too. That's interesting too. My So how does what's what's the fix for this? So interestingly, he talks to the student, not to the rabbi here. Try to, uh, you know, make nice with your rabbi. Have friends come and, uh, try to, uh, you know, cult, you know, have, the, have, have his friends talk to him. Oh, you should be nice to this guy. He's a good student. He's a good guy. No, no. Meaning, so you try to get friends to, you know, to sort of persuade him to have a more positive relationship. Um, so, and, and like troops, you know, where 
you know, you shall increase, uh, strengthen, so have people like, you know, amass around him and, you know, try to influence him. Or overcome. Uh, or overcome, right, overcome. It doesn't get this guy off the hook. Like, obviously, the master, the master isn't being just mean for nothing. So maybe this guy has done something wrong. So, if, you know, it would have been better if you wouldn't have demonstrated whatever character traits or whatever things made the master not like you so much. You know, made the Rebbe not like you so much. But now that that's the reality, you know, sometimes once you set somebody off, you know, it, it has a, you know, it has a longer impact, well, dis, you know, disproportionate to whatever the original, quote unquote, like, crime was. Um, so, you know, it would have been better if whatever that initial problem was, it hadn't happened in the first place that led to this situation. But now that we're in the situation, you got, you know, you at least the problem, and if you want to make it better, don't just complain, figure out how you're going to try to cultivate a more positive relationship. Okay, so now, the, um, so, that, so that's the end of that. Again, it's quite fascinating, the regular movement between the rain discussion and the Torah discussion. Right, back and forth. We've done it many, many times. And again, you know, sort of the power of Torah as, you know, again, what is sort of a central concern in the time, you know, as opposed to certain, you know, as opposed to sort of the central concern and the central importance of rain. You know, also that whole idea of the nurturing nature of the Torah. Yes. To me, what you're really framing is rain, conceptualizing rain is God's presence. So the rain comes from God. Right. Right. So what comes from human beings in response is language Mm -hmm. in two forms. Prayer and Torah. Torah. Right. So that we said, I know you might have not been here for that first minute. So that we definitely said, which is why the Gemara yesterday ended with, you know, rain doesn't come because of Bitul Torah. In a way, you know, we get from God, God, you know, Shefa, exactly. And what we sort of do to create that relationship on our end is prayer and Torah. So that's that way. But the, but the other thing that's happening here is not that the Torah is our sort of, our, uh, um, you know, Response or our side of that relationship, but that the same psukim that are that are taught that are brought to talk about, you know, the the, the blessing of rain and the things that the, how powerful rain is or why rain isn't coming. There's a regular shift in the Gemara that's happened more than once, where it looks back at those same psukim, interprets them in terms of Torah. So there's also, I think, the other side of that thing was the Torah that is coming from God, which is also the spiritual sustenance that we receive from God and that type of a parallel. Yes? So two things. One, and I think find it interesting, the student who is talking to Rabbi here uh, mm-hmm. is Bar Ahaba. Ah, that's interesting, uh, right. And, and also we've had this whole discussion about rain sort of in its time or gentle rain and then rain that's, you know, that's really harsh, that's really, you know, right. sort of destroys. And so here we also, you know, yeah, maybe the teacher is teaching, but he's teaching in a in a way that's harsh. Right. So again, those are all interesting parallels. Once we start recognizing exactly some of the way in which the Torah here is being parallel to the rain. Also, if the Rebbe here is God and giving the Torah in a certain way, so when the student tries to improve the relationship, so God is withholding the rain and we pray. You know, so there's a lot of interesting things to think about what this parallel suggests. Okay. So now the Gemara continues. The um, Amar Rebbe my deceive, what's meant by the verse, in Yashu Hanachash below Yashok, thank you, Hanachash below Lachash, they need thrown the Baal Halashon. If the uh, snake will uh, 
will bite, will um, without a without uh, so without uh, hissing. And there's no what is the ben- and there's no benefit to the uh, to the person of the tongue. So, so let's take a look what the Gemara says. If you see a generation in which the heavens are mishtachim, Rashi and Tosu seem to say this means like ready, red or rusted over, like uh, like. Um, Bronze, and there's no rain coming out of it. So that's the Yashuch. So Yashuch, excuse me. Now, if you would say that doesn't normally evoke very positive imagery, right? A lachash, like a little incantation that you say over, like a you know, over 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 some type of a wound in order to heal it, um, or like if you think about a serpent and a snake, you think about lashon hara, which we'll get to. But let's what the Gemara initially does with it. Those that do whisperings of the whisperings to aim the door that you don't have them. You don't have the people here. Joe, going back to your point, that are doing the speaking that is necessary. The, it's because of the absence of prayer so as opposed to before what was some sin but prayer is the rectification here the very absence of rain starts because of the absence of prayer and again about that whole thing about that relationship of people to God shame the door no I do know I do not think so my takantam yeah what is the what is the way to fix it my takantam go find somebody who knows how to pray as the verse says, Yagidalav Reo. So this is again from the, um, from, no, not from a different pasuk actually, um, but it's a pasuk that's read in the context of rain. His neighbor will speak about him. The Aini throne, the Balhalashon. Okay, so that's that. Yagidalav Reo. So that's that. So if you can't pray, have somebody pray for you. Yagidalav Reo, let your neighbor pray for you. By the way, I think this is evoking the idea that we're going to see in the Gemara that when it stops rain, there's this special relationship in the Mishnayot between Yachid and the Tzibur. When it doesn't rain initially, the Yechidim begin to fast, right? And then after, and then even, and then the, it still doesn't work, then the Tzibur fasts as well, then at the end, nothing is happening, so at a certain point the Tzibur stops even trying to fast and pray, but the Yechidim continue to fast and pray. So there's this whole role of the Yechidim and the famous old stories of Choni HaMa'agal, right? Choni the circle drawer, and how he's able to get God to listen to him, and so on. So the special role of Yechidim in prayer is something that's also a theme of this Mesechet. And here it's coming out. You're not a, your prayers aren't working. Find the Yechidim that can do the praying. Find the people that can pray for you. Now, going back to the Pasuk, the Eni throne the Baal HaLashon, so, Umi, Shefshalo Luchosh Ve'eno Luchesh, this is the Pasuk in Yashor HaNachash below Lachash, so you don't have the ability to speak, your, 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 to speak as, to speak yourself, and that's why it's not raining. So if there's what benefit is it that you there are people that are there's no benefit to a person of the tongue if somebody has the power of speech. So what good is he if he's not using the power of speech? So what good are you if you're not praying and you're able to pray and you could make a difference? The inwachash and if you prayed and you were not answered, and that by the way is a is a also a theme, right? The whole idea is you start fasting, and the Mishnayot said they fasted the lo ne'anu, and they weren't answered, and they weren't answered. It's a regular theme of the Mishnayot about what happens when you fast and you're not answered. So you prayed and you weren't answered. So what do you do? Now what can you do? So again, it's interesting, right? The first stage is 
just get somebody who knows to daven. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not even talking about a highly righteous person. Just somebody who you know who maybe in an oral culture. When again, you didn't have written sidurim. Maybe you don't even know the tefillah. So stage one is you get somebody who knows how to daven. That doesn't work. Stage two is you get a real chassid. Again, this idea of like the yichidim, the very special people, and you get him to pray. Um, again that the uh, ain't um, we had the word pgiya before the ain't pgiya ela tefila shenemar v'atati palel ba'aramazev v'atisabadam minavitfila v'atifkiibi okay so you have somebody a masgiya somebody who's able to entreat God and encounter God and now you get somebody not only who knows how to pray but who is in a very special status and hopefully that'll make a difference okay so all of this notice again this is so much like I think a, a distillation of the themes that were before because before prayer was a takana for some other problem here's a whole thing about rain and absence of rain or presence of rain is all about prayer you know whether the, whether there's prayer and whether prayer is being done well okay now the in lachash al let's say you did the prayer and you were successful the opposite of lonena not you were successful it rained right umagista atoalav but now as a result you're act, acting very haughty oh look at this look how effective my prayer was and one again also wonders whether this is you know alluding to the story of Choni HaMa'agal because you all know the Choni HaMa'agal right he's sort of always ordering God around of exactly how he wants it to rain so let's say God is responding and now you're feeling very you know very haughty about uh, about the, the efficacy of your prayers maybe Asla Olam that brings anger to the world one that acquires anger because of Ola going up so if you are you're very haughty you know and your uh, sense of yourself rises up then you're going to the response will be anger so you have to be on the one hand the power you know your speech is so powerful in affecting the you know the relationship with God creating that relationship bringing about the rain the absence of the rain and at the same time you have to be very humble in that whole approach it might be Avla but the Gemara I, I didn't I must say I didn't look at it uh, check it out but the Gemara is reading it Ola because Oled Da'ato Ola does it have the uh, Ola there you go okay uh, Rabbi Amar, I gotta tell you, Agatha's that are quote Eov all over are like, <laughs> they're like the Hebrew is harder than the Aramaic. Alright, anyway, Rabbi Amar, Rabbi says, again, notice, like, it's almost like, you know, you're like, without even any transition. We're talking about rain, we're talking about Torah. So, if you have two Torah scholars that are in the city and they're not pleasant one to the other in the halakha, meaning... Yeah, exactly. Right? So, may, and again, why did it say halakha, not Torah? Not exactly clear. Before also, we got about maybe echoing the discussion before about when it talked about sharpening one another and, you know, and working b'chavruta and doing it b'halakha which maybe is the more you know I don't know very nuanced and technical aspects and maybe people also you know you know feels a lot of sense of like weight because of the practical application anyway it's interesting the word here halakha as opposed to Torah but nevertheless uh, maybe but again you know people get angry I poskin this way you're poskin the other way maybe it's not even as just as theoretical as Torah so there's a lot of uh, they're not they don't share with one another there's not good collaboration so if that's what's happening mitkanim ba'af so they get 
you know, sort of it leads to them being jealousy with anger, umalinoto, um, and they sort of, you know, and it rises up again. Rashi has different ways of reading this, but it just like increases the anger. Shneemar, as the verse says, makneaf al olah. So you acquire anger, and it, uh, you know, just uh, continues to rise up. Now, the way, how does that connect to the to the idea that they're not pleasant one another with Torah? So because it is, uh, let me just check again, Rashi, hold on. Um, because it's the end of the pasuk of Yagid Alav Reo. Right? It's Yagid Alav Reo, Matne'af Alolah. So Rashi says, you should be Yagid Alav Reo, you should be, you know, talking to your neighbor and uh, discussing things and collaborating, and if not, then it will just lead to an increase in, um, in jealousy and anger. Okay? Um, okay, so I'm keeping on, so going on. But again, the, just to note, the immediate shift from the rain discussion to the Torah discussion. Um, um, uh, where were we? Amorishlakish. So back to this thing which before we talked about rain and prayer. What's the meaning of this verse about the serpent that uh, that bites without hissing? So lavo in the future, famous Kamara, all of the uh, animals will come around, um, will surround the serpent, the snake. And say to them, look, look, we understand other animals. The lion sort of uh, tramples, you know, sort of uh, kills its prey and then eats it. The the wolf kills its prey and goes and eats it. So we understand they do violence to other animals, but it's for their own sustenance. They eat the food that they kill. You, why do you go ahead and, you know, you, uh, you, uh, you, know, you kill uh, a person? I mean, you know, the funny thing is that normally a snake has poison and kills in order to eat. But every now and then a snake will kill, I don't know, a cow or a person and it won't exactly eat the thing that it killed. So you, what benefit is there for you that you go ahead and you kill and you don't eat from it? So the snake will say back to them, Look, you can ask the same question about somebody who tells Lashon Hara. They go ahead and with their words, they can, you know, destroy people's reputation, literally like kill people. And what benefit do they get? They don't get richer from it. You know, they don't get any benefit from it. But nevertheless, so, uh, the, the point seems to be a little rhetorical, which is, there is a type of honor people get from, you know, from uh, using their speech to hurt other people. Not necessarily a legitimate honor, but, you know, so it's not physical, but there is that type of honor. So, me too, I get honor from killing people with my, with, you know, with, with, uh, w- w- when, I, when I bite them. Okay. So, Amar uh, Biyami. So that was a very powerful read of that verse. Um, so, but now we get back to our discussion of rain. Amar Biyami. Now that we're talking about prayer and prayer as being central to the whole rain story, we're going to talk about uh, how your prayer is heard. Um, so a prayer is only heard only if you actually put your soul in your hands. Shene'emar, meaning you put, you know, you like expose yourself, you know, your true self, and you bring it to God. Shene'emar, as the verse says, right? Let us bring up, uh, lift up our hearts on our hands. So if you really come with your heart in hand, right? We have that phrase nowadays, right? Heart in hand, right? So anyway, then your prayer will be answered. So the Mar says, Amy, is that really true? Ukim Shmuel put an Amora, which is like somebody who like would uh, announce his teaching, you know, proclaim it. And he, and, he, and, and he expounded in the following way. 
Vayistubapipihem, they, you know, appeased him, seduced him, talking about God, with their mouth. But with their tongues they lied to him, meaning they, you know, said things that weren't true. They, um, and the hearts were not true, you know, with God, were not faithful, meaning, so they said their prayers, they said the right words, but it was insincere. And they were not faithful to the covenant. So, not so seems like completely you know uh, um, objectionable uh, and nevertheless for Afropichain what does the next verse say God will forgive sin so even when the prayer is insincere so that's a very powerful idea when would you ever imagine that you would find in the Gemara and Amo would say that even if your prayer is insincere God will listen to it okay but the Gemara says so Lokash it's not difficult Kan um, it depends whether it's a person an individual or the community the individual it has to be sincere you have to bring your heart in hand the community you just do the prayers and God will be responsive now that's a very fascinating idea but you know what I would say is is that to the degree that we're talking here about the whole idea of this issue of the relationship right so sometimes it's like you know just having the communication even if it's not coming from the depths of your heart and even if it's not totally sincere but the idea of just reaching out and being in communication is a powerful thing of sustaining the relationship right better to, better to be communicating than to, to talking than not to be talking but again the power of the difference between that at the communal level you know as opposed to at the individual level this is something that maybe you know there's some power to when it's done as the entire community is still reaching out to God even if it's not so much about you know there's not so much sincerity behind it you know there still is a power to that so it ties into other Gemaras you know about ain't filah shel tzibur choseres reikam you know those types of other statements about the power of davening b'tzibur but I think there's a difference here because I think those types of statements tend to reflect more like like, you know oh it's powerful when you're with a tzibur but this isn't just powerful this is like a completely different phenomenon this is like a completely like you know just um um uh, uh, um um, uh, insincere prayer um, so one could say that's not even tefillah if your words don't mean what you're feeling right the basic issue of tefillah avoda shabalev so it's one thing to say it's more powerful in the context of the community it's another thing to say when it's actually just the recitation of words that are said insincerely so I do think there's a real power here and I do think as I said it has something to do with not just expressing your feelings and your emotions and your thoughts but that the very act of speech is itself uh, a sustaining of the relationship yes it seems like Rashi has a, a more a simpler way of understanding it it's almost like the battle Bashishi, right in other words you have the whole Sibor and the Sibor can absorb some of the individual insincerities that might be within its midst because fundamentally the Sibor will be sincere because Rashi says Kulam exactly um, but you know but then Rashi says I don't know you read all of them aren't but some of them are or 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 all of them are insincere. Yeah, yeah I don't know, because Rashi says, but Rashi says, he points out the plural language of Vayiftuhu b'fihem u'bilshonam yichazvulah. It's all plural. It's talking about all of them being insincere. I don't know, what you're saying is more understandable. It's easier to, but I think the Gemara is making a, more bold, a bolder claim, right? Yeah. You know? So, 
Um, okay. So the Gemara says like this. Um, I'm Now we get back to rain. Okay, again, it's also interesting to explore why sometimes it says the rain is only withhold, withheld because of X, as opposed to this, which is in the more positive, the rain on, only falls because of Y. Okay, so ra- rain only comes Engishamin Yardim Amana people that deal faithfully with one another. Okay, it doesn't mean like uh, people who believe in dogma. It means people who deal faithfully in business with one another. Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Um, as the verse says, Emet Eretz truth will sprout forth from the ground, but Tzedek Nishamayim Nishkaf and justice from heaven looks down. But here Tzedek is understood to be the rain. What comes from heaven? If not the rain, but that's in response to the, the truth that comes from the earth. The Amarabi Ami, and Rabbi Ami says, Come and see, come and um, Bale Amana, how great are people uh, who deal, tr- who deal with, uh, you know, with, with, uh, in, with, uh, with faith, with good faith with one another. Minayan, where do you see this from? Mechuda Ubur, from the, uh, from the weasel and the, and the hole, and the, and the pit. What's the story about somebody who believed in the weasel and the pit? Certainly how much somebody believes in God. So what is this talking about? Just shows you how sometimes you need the right type of cultural contact, right, right reference. Rossi and Tosos quote a uh, midrash of a story that somebody was, uh, a young man and woman were, uh, uh, fell in love and they made an oath to, uh, like, uh, you know, to not marry anybody else until the time that they were of age to get married. And the uh, young woman said to the man, and, you know, who's going to, uh, you know, uh, sort of, um, you know, hold you to your oath? So he said, well, this weasel and this well. And anyway, so many years passed, and he didn't live up to his promise, and he married another woman, and they had two kids, and one kid fell down in the well and died, and the other kid was, I don't know, attacked by the weasel and died, and his wife said to him, what's happening here? So he told her the story, so he said, oh, you know what, you've got to keep your oath. So he divorced his wife, and he went and he married the other young woman, and, and, and all ended happily ever after, I guess. <laughs> so, 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 that's, anyway, so look, if you put your, if you, if, if you call your, the weasel, and the well, you know, to hold you to your to your thing, and they will come to you know to to keep to make sure you keep your your faith. How much more so if you sort of you know hold God as your witness? Uh, so how so anyway? That's so I don't know exactly what that's teaching you. Is it teaching you the power of being of dealing faithfully, or is it teaching you the consequences of dealing of dealing in bad faith? But anyway, um, but the idea is that if you de- if you deal with one another in good faith, then God will you know respond by uh, by bringing the rain. Um, and again, bringing God into the equation, right? Otherwise, again, always in these cases, I ask, what exactly is the correspondence? So here, the next, th- this statement helps you understand the correspondence, right? If the idea of dealing with good faith is because you, um, you know, are implicitly or explicitly holding God and saying, as God is my witness, or bringing God into the equation, then that's bringing God as the partner, as a presence in your, you know, in your business dealings, and very much into, you know, so again gets back to this issue of, uh, of the relationship. And therefore, it's not only being in good faith with your friend, but in good faith with God. 
um, and therefore the response being the rain is, is completely appropriate. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this, I'm a Rebbe Yochanan, call a matzik at atzmo milmata, matzik in alav hadin milmalo. So since we said if you do X below, then Y will happen above, we're into this mode now. So anybody now, matzik atzmo milmata sounds like a good thing, but the way Rashi reads it is that, it, I mean, or it is a good thing, but, but in the following way, that you try to act very scrupulously below, so matzik in alav hadin milmalo. Now you would think that means, oh, so they'll be good with you above, but tzidok hadin, if you know, you know, is not necessarily a good thing. It means bad things happen, but it's all, in the end, it's all just. So Rashi says it means they'll be very exacting with you from above. They actually get punished for small oversteps because this is the idea that if somebody is a tzaddik, then you hold them to a higher standard. Shenemar, but in the end it's good because you get rewarded in the world to come. Shenemar, emes me'eretz titzmach, v'tzedek mishamayim nishkaf. Again, so if you're truthful on the ground, then you get dealt, then justice comes from above. It's a little, uh... It's an accounting n- metaphor. Exactly. Right? Every line, you can't overlook right. any... You learn it from here. Like the fear of you is your anger. So again, ironically, the more fearful somebody is of God and the more exacting they are, then they'll get punished more for their sins. But again, in the end, somehow the accounting all works out. So you have encountered, or you have smitten, punished those that are rejoiced and do righteousness. On your path they will mention you. You have been become angered, and we have sin through them and we will be uh, we will be uh, what do you call it um, uh, uh, um, uh, saved um, so again it's a very hard passage to unpack but the point is here's somebody that is doing and they are the same ones that you are pagata that you have smitten and that you have katsasta that you have been angry at them I'm Rav Yoshua ben Vini Vashaya thank you is it Vinosha or Vini Vashaya Vini Vashaya Okay. So, I'm Rabbi Yosho ben Levi. Says Rabbi Yosho ben Levi. So now maybe this is the proper follow-up to that, because here we're saying that things, bad things are happening to you, and it's because you are um, being very righteous. So he says, if you rejoice in the uh, afflictions that befall you, maybe Yeshua le'olam, it brings salvation to the world. Through them, through your anger, we will be ultimately, it will bring salvation. Now, by the way, the other thing that this functions, you know, you could say, well, this is functioning to tell me don't try to be such a tzaddik and don't try to be so righteous because then you'll get in trouble. But the other thing that this helps for is dealing with the reverse problem which is the Sadiq Viralo. You look around you and you see these you know, righteous people and they're suffering. What's that about? Oh, let me tell you. The explanation is that God is you know, super exacting in the end it'll all work out in some divine accounting. Okay, so, and again, it's interesting once we're recognizing the problem of righteous that are suffering, you know, and it all works out, you know, but how does that work together with the whole theme of the Masechet, which is it's not raining and therefore we got to do tshuva and the tshuva or whatever will bring the rain but we know sometimes good people can be punished and suffer and so on. But again, I do want to say that part of the answer I think is, is that this Masechet is not really focused on tshuva. I mean, there's a little tshuva comes up in this Masechet but it's focused on prayer and fast and not on tshuva. So it might be true. It might be that, you know, that uh, you could be righteous and still be very, you know, and, and still suffer but nevertheless, you know, it's that there's this sense of 
the issue around the rain has a lot more to do, I would say, with like the relationship question than the question about exactly how righteous you are or how sinful you are. Uh, one minute. The Gemara continues. Um, okay, yeah, go ahead. What's your question? Just the, the unanswerable theological question embedded in what you're saying is why does the Kaddish Baruch sometimes exercise more gain than Rachel? Yeah. Right. But my question is not, is not theological. My question is how Chazal are dealing with the phenomenon, right? And how do you deal with the whole idea of it's not raining, let's pray, and does that mean I have to buy into a, you know, to a thoroughgoing Ashar Onish as Rishayim suffer and Sadiqim are rewarded in this world? What about all the contradictions to that? And what about the Gemara we just read? So what I'm trying to say is, I think that one of the things that alleviates some of that problem is that the issue here about rain is not really all about sin and you know versus you know and punishment it's a much more I would say it's about relationship than it is about sin and punishment and therefore some of those questions are less severe obviously the Gemara does raise various types of sins but you know it also speaks about as we said the rectification being prayer not necessarily the focus on Shuvah okay so the Gemara says like this Amrish Lakish what's meant by the verse God will close up the heavens, right? This is, this is the puzzle about, you know, reward and punishment based on rain. Directly about, you do the mitzvahs, it rains, you don't, you do the averis, it doesn't rain. God will close up the heavens. When tal, or tal, or matar, anyway, when the, when the heavens are, hell, are, are closed up from bringing rain, it's like a woman that is undergoing child pains and the birthing pains and cannot give birth the Haini Damarei Shlakish Mishum Bar Kapara. So, um, now, if, now, before we get to the next statement, so what's the importance of this? So, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Shekoveles, Kemocheveles, Rashi, Kemochevele Leida, Yoleida, Avashamayim, Osinkain, Vikachela Olam, Vachetu. So, Rashi gets us back to the Chet. It's because of a sin, and it's hard for the world. But if anything, that would not be the imagery that would come to my head. If the heavens are trying and they're not succeeding, God is having a hard time, as it were, giving birth. God wants to bring the rain. God is in pain, right, and suffering, and is not able to. And in a way, again, I say that this really speaks towards this sense of God, you know, this desire for God to connect us and have this relationship. And uh, the pain, pain that's in when it's not able to actually succeed, I do not see hate as being a scene here. I don't not Rashi is bringing that back in. So now the Gemara goes on and says, It says to be held up by rain and be closed up by the woman. God had closed up every womb, you know, by Avimelech. The heavens will be closed up. So now we're getting before we discuss rain as this very sort of, you know, male sexual imagery penetrating the earth. Here we talk about the rain in sort of the feminine, right, of giving birth. Um, so it says, birth by a woman says birth by the rain. Interesting, could have a lot of psukim by Isha. Now, it is a little bit of a trick here because it's not really the feminine imagery, right? Because the holy da is hefil, right? And this is the rain penetrates the earth. And the earth is Vaholi Da. 
So the earth is the mother earth, the earth is the feminine, the rain isn't. So it's a little sort of aligning some of these differences. Okay. God remembered you have remembered the earth and it has become uh, you know um, you, you, you have uh, um, um, what is it you have, uh, you have you have watered it um, you have much in, you have much uh, enriched it the Peleg Elohim is filled with water so the stream of God filled with water so by the way before we go on and unpack that verse the again notice who is being remembered here not the clouds not the heavens but the who's earth, being remembered well, God you remembered what Haaretz, the earth. So if you talk about the feminine imagery, in both, in two out of the three verses, it's not the rain, it's the earth. The earth is the mother earth that gets the rain and then brings forth and is remembered and brings forth the child. So again, it's interesting the way the Gemara is. People get that? The way the Gemara is sort of lumping that together, although really in the Psukim, it is much more the main being the masculine and the earth being the feminine, but the Gemara is sort of bringing that all, um, all together. Okay, so my Elohim Alemayim Tana Kuba There's like a, uh, a a hot or like some type of a chamber in the heavens. Shemimenegir Shamim Yotim. That rain comes from there. All right, whatever that means. But again, you know, Rashi started this by the link to sin. I don't see sin here mentioned at all. You know, and again, I see this idea, again, this imagery, this very obviously, you know, fecund uh, imagery of, 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 of birthing and the bir- and birthing coming from heaven and even the psukim, you know, God, or, or the birthing coming from the earth. Again, talk about the nature of the intimate relationship that's being sort of, uh, you know, sort of created here and, uh, and the, r- the way the rain sort of speaks about that relationship of God and heaven to earth is, I think, very powerful. Okay, so... Um, so where are we? Um Rabbi Shmuel Ben Achmeni. My dear, what's meant by the by the verse? In l'shevet, in l'artso, in l'chesed, yansi ehu. If to the rod or to the land or to kindness, he will find him. What does that mean? In l'shevet, if the uh, rains have been declared to be for smiting, like they were going to be harsh rains. Then and, for, and the way Rashi means this, and then God had like a people did shuva. God had a change of heart. Then behind Mugva'ot, God will bring it down into the uh, mountains and the um, and in the valleys where it won't hurt people. You know, we'll sort of like uh, we'll, we'll we'll just you know um, do no harm. In said, if it had been decreed that it would be a kind rain, so so God will bring it to the land and maybe His land to Israel, into the fields and the vineyards. Now we'll look at now we'll do the pasuk again. In that if it's a harsh rain, it should go to the trees, as we said before. Harsh rains are good for the trees. In so so if it's for if it's uh, and if it's going to be for the land, not for the trees, then rain it'll go for like the type of rain that's appropriate for the land. A harsh rain, not a harsh rain. Harsh rain was the trees. It's two psukim. Shave three. Shave it. Artso chesed. So if it's l'artso, if it's meant for the land, l'zrayim, it'll go for the seeds and the plants. In l'chesed, yamsiyehu, if it's for kindness, yamsiyehu, barosh yichinu marot, let it go and fill the wells. Okay, so I guess it means that it's a, a lot of rain. Um, so it's not, and, and that, the, the benefit of a lot of rain will be to fill the wells. You don't want to flooding on your land, uh, you know, in your fields, but it's good for the wells. 
Okay. In the time of Rabbi Shimon Bar Nachmani, there were two things. There was a famine, and there was uh, and there was a plague. Um, so Kafta also like you know there was no rain and there was a plague. Amri Heshinavi. People said, what should we do? Should we pray for both? Well, actually, you can't pray for two things. All right, we'll see what that's about. But by the way, notice again the response here is prayer, right? By ta- in the Sechlis the response to things is not kufa. The response to things is prayer. Okay, so should we pray? No, you can't pray for two. Look, let's pray for the plague, which is causing death to cease. The Kaplan is born will somehow manage with the famine. At least we'll be alive. Back to them. No, we're going to pray for the for, for the famine, for the for, for, for the lack of rain, for the drought. Because when God gives you know uh, a plenty, um, He gives it to bring about life. God will not sort of you know if if the, God will answer our prayers and the famine will cease. God will not bring God will not stop a cease of the famine except for the purpose of sustaining life. As the verse says, When you open up your hand, you, 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 you satiate all living things. So you bring about, so it's masbia and it's chai. It's about bringing about life. Now, where do you get this idea? You can't pray for two things. Because the verse says, Let us fast and ask from our God on this, this one thing. You see, there's another thing, but we're only going to ask for one. So presumably, you're only supposed to focus on one thing. By the way, notice in the pasuk the linking of fasting and prayer, natsuma v'nevaksha, which is again so central to this mesecha. Okay, and compassion to ask from the God of Heaven. Al on this, uh, you know, on this matter, which implies that there's another thing, but we're only asking about this. Now, in the time of Rabbi Zera, there was an edict from the government, and as opposed to other edicts, which is not to keep Shabbos and not to do Brismila, here was the edict. The Gozer de Lolamisa Vitanisa, the Zera was, you cannot have a public, you know, religious fast. Um, so that's interesting. So, and presumably there was a famine and there was a drought and they needed to fast. So Amalu Rebbe Zeres, Rebbe Zeres said to the people, the Kabli Ilavan, let's accept on ourselves the obligation to fast, the Lechi Batlu HaGzeira, and when the Gzeira, you know, when the edict is passes, let's say, then we'll fulfill our, our vow, you know, we'll accept, we'll obligate ourselves to fast, and we'll fulfill it when we have the opportunity. What's that verb? What do you mean? To sit. Right. To sit in the fast. Right. So, we don't know that they're praying, do we? No. So now we have shifted from prayer to fast. You know, the pasuk before okay. was like a hand. It's been at suma v'nevaksha, right? Okay. So until now, it's all been about prayer. Of Masechet Tanit, all the discussions have been about prayer. Now we're finally sort of dealing with fasting as somewhat of a, you know, of, of, a, of, of, of a parallel or of right. an equivalent. Of an equivalent. Mode. It's a non-verbal mode of prayer. It's exactly what it seems to be. As opposed to we tend to focus on fasting as a type of a tshuva. Right. Here, it is not about tshuva. It's all about prayer and fasting. I think that said extremely well is a type of a nonverbal prayer. So the Gemara says, um, Where do you get this idea that just making a, an, accepting an obligation to fast also is efficacious, even if you're not able to fast? 
So Amaluhu Tikhsi, because the Pasuk says, Vayomer Eli, God said to me, by Daniel, Al Tila Daniel, do not be afraid, Kimina Yom Arishona Shenatata Lichala, Havin Yitavu Fenel Okech, and Ishmu Devarecha. Ah, so good to read Daniel as opposed to Eel. At least these Psukim of Daniel. Later Psukim of Daniel are not as easy. Anyway, from the very day that you have placed your heart in order to understand and to fast before your God, your words have been heard. So, Natata Libcha. Not from the day you have fasted, from the day you intended to fast, your words have been heard. Okay, but again, notice the connection of hit anot and nishmu devarecha, fast and hearing of the prayers. Okay, but again, though your idea of a nonverbal prayer, making a commitment, is not necessarily a nonverbal prayer, but to some degree, it's also seen, I would say, as an intensifier of the prayer. It's like we're crying out so much. It's like you know, you want to you shake and rend your garments, and you're fasting, like you're throwing your whole soul into this outreaching to God. So it's not, I would say, it's an intensifier of the prayer as well. So to some degree, even the, the desire to fast and that a sense of self-sacrifice itself has that power of intensifying so the prayer this association between prayer and fa- fasting yes has to take seriously the word ta'anit and ta'anit and anah so right so thank you so that is exactly we're going to see in the later Mishnayot because it speaks that they were gozer ta'anit and then the next mission says, the low na'anu. The low na'anu. And they were not answered. So ta'anit and is absolutely. And think about one of the earliest prayers that we have, which we're going to read in the mission, that is the anenu prayer. Right? Kemosha anenu, kemosha anita, kemosha anita. So ana and na'anu and ta'anit are you absolutely. All right, let's just read one more thing here. Now we switch gears a little bit. Uh, and all of this is how important rain is. And now there's an amazing shifting of gears, which is about when rain is a pain in the neck. So let's take a look. Um, Even if the years were the, like the years of Elio, where there was, you know, famine and drought for many years, the Yarduga Shamim Barve Shabbatop, if the rain comes on a Friday, on, on, on a Friday, it's going to still be a sign of curse. Because it gets in the way of you being able to take care of your Shabbos preparations. So, a day of rain can sometimes be as, or is as difficult as a day of din. What does this mean? So, Rashi says it means Tuesdays and Thursdays, which are Mondays and Thursdays, which is when the Bati Dina and the market days, and they're so busy and tumultuous, and you know, so rain can sometimes, you know, make, you know, if it's pouring rain out like it is right now, you know, it might be good for the crops, but it makes your life a little bit hard um, sometimes. Now, I do want to say something, and with this we'll end, which is. Okay, so on the one hand, this is like, it's a little like, it's, it's jarring with the power and importance of rain. Never. So you're going to have a Friday that you're going to be hard to go to the marketplace, but you know, the crops need the rain, right? It's like a little hard to understand. But I think that the key here is not Kloa, but Simon Kloa. Because, again, the question is, how is God communicating to us through the rain? So the rain itself might be a bracha, might be needed for the crops. But the fact that this God is bringing it at this difficult time, it's a simenkwala, right? It's still sowing a certain degree of disfavor. Right? So I think that that's important. Not like he's saying it's, it's objectively a bad thing. It might objectively be a very good and a necessary thing. But it's still, it's still, it's still God sending us a, 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 a message, a bad message. Why is, God, why is it being brought now when it's making it difficult rather than at a time when it would be less difficult? Um, and again, so I think rather than just complaining over trivial things, it's important in terms of the theological point of trying to say what message are, are we being sent and what are we being told, you know, through the rain. Okay.